then there's also Ecuadorians who have been here for years and they have like a very strong culture of community and respect. Speak for me is it created, creates the foundation and the opportunity for me to really live the life I want to live. Like I totally orient my life around health. Like, I think it's good to just be conscious of it because it's like what type of energy are we bringing to this place? It's very easy to come here and to kind of just try to like live an American lifestyle and like Americanize this place. But there's a, a beauty that's like far deeper and like just the simplicity is like, how can we create a healthy balance? Ian Lewis, uh, basketball extraordinaire, soil expert. <laughs> I went to jail Did for eight you? hours. Hey guys, welcome back to the channel. Jesse Bayer joined today by Ian Lewis, uh, basketball extraordinaire, soil expert. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, he's getting there. Um, self, self, personal development expert a little bit. Some, someone there. Uh, Philadelphia native. We share, we share Eagles fandom oh, together. Yeah. Um, so we got that. But um, no, really excited to be joined by Ian today. Ian's been down here in Ecuador for a bit now. Done some really cool stuff in the country. Um, and just an awesome, awesome dude. So thanks for taking the time to do this. Uh, thank you for tuning in. If you're watching this, if you enjoyed this, please subscribe to the channel. Take a moment right now, hit the bell, uh, or excuse me, hit the like button, the bell as well, to get all our new content. And without further ado, um, let's get right into it. So yeah, let's um, let's just start a little bit kind of with your background. I know um, you kind of have an interesting upbringing in the Philly area, but let's just talk a little bit about that. Like what was childhood like and what kind of led you, you know, led you to, to, or what was life like before, you know, before Ecuador? Okay, so I love growing up in Philly. Absolutely. It's like blue collar, gritty, grinded out people, yep. uh, amazing people. And yeah, I had, I was provided everything, middle class. Um, I guess the unique thing about me is I'm half black and half white. So my mom's family is from Sicily and my dad's family, ancestor of slaves, black, Southern Jersey. And so I had that kind of unique experience where I learned to feel more comfortable speaking with black people in the hood more and white people as well. So I got the oh, more well-rounded experience yeah. and some ex interesting experiences. Growing up, I was mainly just playing sports, man. Yeah. My dad signed me up for American football when I was four. So football, baseball, basketball. I, li I like that you've been in Latin America long enough that it's American football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta clarify. Even my, my five-year-old who just turned five tells me American football. I'm, I'm like a little embarrassed about it, but. Right. Yo, yeah, it takes me, it took me a while. Actually, I still say America. When it's United it's States, a, right, so sure. I'm working on that yeah, one. I got yeah, one yeah. of them down. We even had but, uh, a we even had a viewer correct us. We were we were saying like the Western world, mm. and it's really if you think about it, it's really not. <laughs> when, okay, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's, that's a thought. Sorry yeah. to interrupt, but yeah, no, go no, ahead. You're good. Um, yeah, I had, I, mean, I had a great childhood. Uh, had a lot of friends, like high school friends. Good experience. I, had, I mean, I absolutely love Philly. Um, I did when I was 21. Um, I had like a very traumatic experience happen to me that kind of switched everything, which that led me to Vilcabamba. Um, oh, really? Yeah, we can, I mean, we can get into that. We That's up to it. you. Sure, why not? Yeah, so when I was 21, get right into it, I got beat up by the police. Oh, wow. Like straight American. Philly? Philly, yeah, on campus. And uh, uh, campus Philly, uh, Temple Temple yes which yes, is yes. yeah which is kind of in like a little bit of a rough neighborhood oh, yeah, in it's, Philly. In, it's in the hood North yeah. Philly like smack dab and um, happened on campus it was a campus police officer 
And that just changed the course of my life. Before, I always say that like I had three thoughts. It was uh, party or sports, girls, and then parties. And then when I was 21, like got jumped for, it was really a miscommunication. It was like very, something very small. I was pissing in the bush. And had a miscommunication. <laughs> and so that led to, like, I went to jail did for eight you, hours. Did you, was your perception that that was a race thing or no? It, well, he was actually black. Okay. So it so wasn't, no, okay. it was just, I think, I don't know what my perception was, to be honest. Just that, think of a sad police officer yeah, yeah. who just, I don't know, wanted to power, power trip. Exactly, thing, yeah. exactly. Okay. So that happened. And very long story short, that started me on my spiritual journey, which what led year? me to the What year was it? That was 2012. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I always like the years because there seems to be some similarities with people in terms of mm, when folks make major change in their life and stuff. And I think that was definitely 2012 one of them. is a year. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So then what happened from there? Oh, um, okay. How do I? So worse than, you know, I got in, I was in jail. I woke up black eye, hospital handcuffed to the bed. Woke up meaning like you were knocked out. Um, no, I guess I woke up from sleep. Like okay, they took okay. me to the hospital and like I woke up with a light in my eye. Yeah. And okay. handcuffed to the hospital bed. Wow. Eight hours in jail, which was a whole crazy story. Wow. But what they took from me, like I had a, um, I was going to go to Jamaica in two days. I won like a essay project. I was going to be an intern, internship working with handicapped, disabled, Down syndrome people. And I got accepted to study abroad in Italy, Rome. Okay. And I'm half Italian. Right. I got all that taken away from me. Cause it happened on campus. Ah, cause of the school. Yeah. So that was like, that led to like a deep depression. Even before I got depressed, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to let this define me. And then my friend, he hit me up to smoke in the alley and he introduced me to something called Nibiru. You maybe? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And that like blew my mind. And just for folks that don't know, that's this idea sort of about planet X. Yes. About this. Exactly. Death star is one way to look at it or sort of enlightenment star would be another way to look at yeah, it or yeah, yeah. you know there's all kinds of different thoughts and ideas and theories but um so okay so that was exactly and yeah. and absol actually told me about it i'm like you're crazy because like i said three thoughts wasn't thinking <laughs> yeah, of this all. i'm yeah. like you're crazy you lose your mind what are you talking about I, hold on i gotta interrupt one more second how old are you at this point 21 21 okay. yes yes yep. yes so he introduced me to this song and in the lyrics, they're talking about all these concepts I'd never heard of. And I was like, what is this man talking about? Oh, I'm sorry. Nibiru is like an artist. No, 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 no. The song oh, was called Nibiru. The song was called Nibiru. By Absol. By Absol. And he's talking about these concepts. So okay. I would call it like a kind of alternative history that has to do with like right. aliens. Okay. Right? Okay. Aliens yeah. had a big aspect in our whatever seating. Yeah. Okay. And yep. so I'm like Googling words and concepts and i'm like what is this right and like way to put it is like i hadn't i haven't stopped since i, I like i lost all interest in school yep. i was going down with aliens and conspiracies and history and just the whole nine and i ended up um what really led to the deep depression is so i dropped out of a week before the finals of that year my girlfriend broke up with me okay. because I was like losing my mind. You were I was different. On, you were I was different. On, I was different. I was on <laughs> yeah. Facebook like the Illuminati killed Tupac, like, <laughs> whatever. And uh, so when she broke up with me a week before my finals, devastated, heartbroken. I didn't go to finals. So I dropped out of college while all my friends were like going to new jobs and doing all these things. <laughs> and that was when I was like super depressed. I was suicidal. I attempted like oh, it was, really? a, it was oh, a slight wow. attempt, but I did attempt wow. like I'll be honest. And um, mm -hmm. but crazy thing about that is my best friend said that he thinks that's the best thing that ever happened to me because that led me on my journey that woke me up that like like so many things unfolded from that experience that led me to 
become who I am and led me to Vilcabamba. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Interesting. I mean, I, I think, you know, many people that live here had some sort of time in their life where all their perspectives changed. And yeah. that's an interesting experience, like for, I think for anybody, you know, yeah. when you kind of think you, you're convinced the world or, or things are one way. And then in a relatively short period of time, all of a sudden you don't believe any of that anymore. That's, you know, that's not easy necessarily. I just got goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, not easy at all. It was the hardest thing I've ever experienced by far. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I got it beaten out of me, to be totally honest. <laughs> like, it was just Literally. like, and like, so, oh, the, the added aspect I didn't add is they also, they charged me with five charges oh, nice. to, you know, they lied about it to protect themselves. So I was None actually. None of this was on camera or anything. Um, so there was like, the, the last part was on camera, which kind of was almost my saving grace mm. of why they, they dropped it. But, okay. so they made a lie. At first they charged me with a felony aggravated assault against a police officer and they uh, which could be 10 to 15 years and that was a sham they knew that they were going to drop it at the last minute they just wanted me to be fearful and so i would be like oh they let me go thank god and not like go after them mm -hmm. which i eventually did and we lost the lawsuit but i say all this to say is so i'm like learning about the systems of our society the banking system right. the judicial system and i'm learning that like how the core of it how it started and these are all like corrupt systems that were created for control and power. And I'm learning about the judicial system while I'm in the judicial system. <laughs> and like, they're trying to lock me up. And I'm like, oh no, like, like, what do I do? They want to put me behind bars. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm not doing the path that they're giving me. Like, I got to do something else. Yep. And um, so, yeah, so that just, I don't even know where to go from there, man. Like, No, it's interesting. I, um, so I, I don't have a lot of experience in Philly, but I used to go down to Eagles games right. a decent amount. You know, I've probably been to, I don't know, 15 Eagles games or wow. something, or, you know, whatever, or 10, 15, whatever it is. Hey. Um, I used to go to Eagles games and I would drive down from New York. So I was in New York for a number of years. And in New York, like the relationship with cops is not bad. It's not mm. to say some of them aren't jerks. Right, People right. anywhere in any walk of life, some of them are jerks. But mm. in general, like in New York, you can talk to the police, no problem. You can ask them for stuff. You can interact with them. It's not a big deal at all. People do it all the time. You know, it's it's pretty much that's just how it is. And I remember my cousin actually went to Temple and I'm down there with him and we're looking, we're around the Eagles, the, the link, or maybe it was a vet that I'm not even sure. And we're looking for parking and we can't find any. And so, and there's a cop on the corner mm -hmm. and I'm used to New York where it's like, oh, great. There's a cop. You can go ask something. Right. And so I like roll down the window and I'm like, hey, officer, where do I park? Right. I'm like, and in New York, he'd be like, oh, over there. Da, da, da. Like, I'm just like, he yelled at me. He like screamed at me. And, and when I was doing it, my cousin was kind of like, like, no, no. Like, what are you doing? And, I, and then I realized, and he was telling me, he's like, no, no, you can't really talk to the cops here. He's telling me like, I don't know if that's, was just that what he thought or what it was, or if there's just that attitude, but it that, was, yeah. it was apparently, it seems like there's a little bit of a different sort of edge to the police citizen relationship right. in Philadelphia versus, versus what I was used to anyways. Um, okay. So you go through that whole experience. Um, you're now, I assume, I mean, you mentioned you, you, they dropped the charges. So that resolved, I assume, um, you beyond, I mean, outside Enough. of the trauma, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. I just mean, you know, legally, 
Um, at that point, then college is no longer the path. Uh, whatever path you were on, obviously, is no longer the path. So then what was next for you? Bro, God got me, to be totally honest. So I went through, like, I, got, I had a few odd jobs. I was landscaping. I was painting houses. And I um, was the other one, catering company. Okay. Pretty much didn't know what I was doing. Um, and this is still in Philadelphia. This is all in mm -hmm. Philadelphia, yes. Well, one thing that helped me out of my depression was a friend of mine asked me to be her music manager. Like I had been way before I was throwing parties and I knew like DJs. Okay. So she saw I was down. She's a super talented girl. Um, so she, so I pretty much didn't have a purpose. And then this was my purpose now. So I managed a singer, which led me to managing a band, which that was like a, a great just period for me to do something fun and exciting and new. But really what changed my life is, so I had a friend, Rashid, shout out to Sheed. He, um, so he graduated from Temple and he knew he, knew he wanted to be a lawyer. And, but he had a gap year where he had to do all the bar stuff or whatever. Sure. And so he didn't know what to do in this gap year. And he ended up talking to my other friend who was, in, was thinking about moving to Asia. So he was like, oh, I should do that, blah, blah, blah. So he got into Michigan Law School, one of the best law schools. And he, he, uh, then he went to Thailand to teach English okay. for a year. So as soon as he goes out there, at this point, I'm already like, you know, I got to get out of the States. I don't know how I'm going to do it. The band is going to get rich and famous. I'm going to get my money. I'm out. So I was already planning where I want to go, what I want to do. And as soon as he told me he got accepted, I'm like, I'm visiting you. I don't know how, I don't got enough money, I'm gonna do it. So in between the time I buy my ticket to visit him and I go, he sends me a message pretty much saying, yo bro, I think I can get you a job mm -hmm. in Thailand. Mm -hmm. And so it started with him just playing basketball at a random park, Rupini Park. Mm -hmm. Somebody seeing him like, yo, you're pretty good. I'm on a team, wanna join my team. He joins the team, gets cool with some people. And the, the, the league was run by this guy who used to play in the NBA. He was like a scrub, like not a scrub, like a, a rebounder, Played in, um, never made it all the way. He, what is it called? G League. Oh, yeah. Played in the G League. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, yo, like there's this basketball academy. I've been working there. I want to, before I go to law school, I want to come back for the summer to be with my family. But there's this basketball camp that you can coach at. Mm -hmm. And uh, like up until then, I was working with kids, doing this after school program, which was leading to substitute teacher. I hooped all my life. Mm -hmm. So as soon as he said, I can give you a job coaching basketball in Thailand. I was like, sign me up. I don't care what it is. So pretty much that led. So in the summer of 2016, I moved to Thailand, Bangkok, Thailand, to coach basketball. And um, yeah, that was a huge step. Like I was so looking back, I could see that that whole time I was still like depressed and sad. But I was just in this amazing environment where I was playing basketball three times a week, working with kids, and I, I did the young kids. So I was like five to eight like simple basketball drills, having a blast, exploring Thailand, meeting all these interesting people. So I was like, it was like the best year of my life. I was loving it. And I really, when I got back um, and things started to unfold, I could see that, oh, I was still like depressed. It was just like a lower sure. grade of depression. But yeah, next step, coaching basketball in Bangkok, which is like legendary experience. So was, was some of your impetus for wanting to leave the country like some of the conspiracy stuff oh, yeah. or, okay. Oh yeah. So you were concerned about what One, could take place and oh, being in these states for that and stuff like that. 100% mm -hmm. bro. Yeah. Yeah. And um, just for folks out there who may one day visit or live in Vilcabamba, there's a great group of guys for basketball here. 
me and Ian have had our share of battles. I'm unfortunately out with a knee at the moment. You're back. But uh, but it's really like it's really fun. Oh the fact God. that we're in this little town in Ecuador and we have great games of basketball is, is awesome. And you you and Wes and these guys have been a great great additions. No, it's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. Um, okay, so so you're in Thailand. You're coaching basketball. Did you end up teaching English as well, or what? Oh it? no, I didn't teach English. Okay. straight basketball. Yep. And so you enjoyed that. How long were you there for? Uh, I was there for a year the first time. Actually, so I was there for three months, and then I found out my boss was starting a new chapter in Hong Kong. So I spent three months in Thailand, four months in Hong Kong, and then my boss was like, actually, this isn't unfolding how I wanted to. Could you come back to Thailand? Okay. So three in Thailand, four in Hong Kong, and another six in Thailand. Okay. And this so, is like, you're like 24? 26, 26 at this time. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then what was your next step for after that? All right. Next step. So I went back to the States really for three reasons. Right before I went to Thailand, I met my a lady who's now my girlfriend to explore that relationship. I wanted to continue managing the band because they were getting like moving to in the right direction. And I wanted to get my degree. I never, I didn't finish my degree. So I went mm -hmm. back. So I went back. And Did you pretty go back much, to Temple or elsewhere? I didn't. I went to back to a place called Cheney. If you heard of it, no. it's like this small school. It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, Philly area as well. Oh uh, yeah, it's like a suburbs, like okay. an hour out. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, I got back and it was like pretty much on grind time. Like get back into school. You know, I did eighteen credits, two semesters. I was working two jobs and I was starting a relationship, kind of just building up. And um, what was very cool is, like I said, so for years at this point, this is like what 2017, 2018, It was like four years into me knowing that I don't want to live my life in the states but not knowing what for me i'm like i was very i was thinking i was gonna stay in thailand mm -hmm. but the relationship kind of was like oh well let's you guys see. met in thailand no we met in philly oh, she, so she was philly. actually okay. she was was a musician still is a musician but like active playing shows and i was booking shows like part what of kind of music did she play so she calls it world electronic folk music world electronic and, um, folk music. okay yes yes right. very interesting it was amazing yeah. um you know going to shows and all that but so, yeah, just pretty much in the Philly grind, trying to figure out my next step, make as much money as possible and like plan my escape. And one thing was very cool about my girlfriend is she was in the same mindset. Um, she moved to Miami when she was 15 and like she pretty quickly, she was like, oh, this is not what I was, I thought it mm -hmm. was going to be. And she was like, I want to explore too. So we met, like we both had the idea of like wanting to go other, at least seeing what was out there. And so we were on the same page of like, let's like, let's move somewhere. Let's do start our research and see where we want to go. Mm -hmm. So, and that yeah. led leads you to Ecuador or pretty much. Mm -hmm. Um, so she actually had visited Ecuador when was it 2015 okay. and she like loved it and was raving about it for me. I was, Thailand was my first choice. Mm -hmm. And then I was also considering Ghana mm -hmm. because they have a program where like they can they take black Americans and help them move back to Ghana mm -hmm. or whatever. And she was like, cool, but like, I'm telling you, we should check out South America. Like I said, she lived in Miami. So all of her friends were Panamanian, Argentinian. So she was already like learning Spanish and interested in Spanish. And so we went to Colombia, we went to Peru and Ecuador. we also went to Cuba, but not, we weren't looking to live. She just was practicing Spanish, but Colombia was like great place. This ain't our vibe. Pretty much same with Peru. And then we got here and it was just like, feeling. what were, um, what were, and I don't know, you know, I haven't asked you yet where you first touched down in Ecuador, but what were the differences between Peru, Colombia, and Ecuador that made you choose Ecuador? That is a good question. Um, 
I mean, the first thing that came to my mind, just kind of the energy I can't really explain. Um, one thing, when we first got here, someone who's half Ecuadorian, half Peruvian kind of said that you can kind of feel this. He was like, in Peru, they might steal your phone and then kill you for no reason. Or in Ecuador, they'll just steal your phone. <laughs> and like, That's like, so funny. I was, uh, yeah. you know, Marino. Um, yeah, yeah. At, yeah, so I'm having a conversation with Marino the other day at his store. And we're just, I hadn't seen him in a little while. And we're just kind of chatting about, you know, security and what's going on in the country and that kind of stuff. And, you know, he's, he's lamenting and he's saying like, he, you know, we're talking about Lohano culture and how we never had this kind of stuff. And, you know, right. and he's like, you know, they had some of that on the coast, but we never had it in the mountains and blah, blah, blah. And um, he's, he said something similar. He's like, look, you know, there was always sometimes people would steal like that's part of the culture. He's like, but they would never kill you or, right. or you know, or beat you up. He, and it was just it reminds me of what, of what you said. It's 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 really true. I mean, yeah. even I actually like going to Peru because um, we're pretty close to Peru here, obviously, and there's great beaches in northern Peru. Mm -hmm. But just crossing the border and you start driving through those towns and you're like, oh, OK, this is a little different. Um, a it's like a little bit of more of an edge. Yeah. Yeah. I actually just recently was that maybe September, August. I took the bus. My friend randomly, uh, Piora. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. like she it was a small city right outside of Peora. Mm -hmm. She did a nursing mission mm -hmm. like so she was randomly there. I saw on Instagram. I'm like, what the? are you doing in Peora? Right. I'm like, I got to go. Like, <laughs> like when is ever a friend of mine from high school going to be anywhere near here? Right. And that's probably, uh, how far is it? Oh, by bus. It probably took me like eight hours to get there, 10 yeah. hours back. Right. It was a trip, okay. a lot of podcasts. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I'm on the, taking the bus and the moment you cross the border from the Ecuador yeah. inside Macara to wherever yeah. Peru, it's like, it's dirtier, yeah. it's scarier. <laughs> Roads are a little worse. The, yeah, it's like, whoa, like. People kind of look a little bit more just like seedy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, all borders are kind of Yeah, all borders sketchy, are like but that, it's But sure. like, yeah. the Ecuadorian side, there's a big difference. There's you can a, feel no, it. It's totally, like, whoa, totally, okay. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So. But those beaches are really nice. They have there's a spot Punta Sal and like all those. There's a couple hours of coast there. I went to I think beautiful. it's called Olan. Mm, I'm not familiar. Oh, I, can't remember. I mean, yeah, in Ecuador. Was, yeah. No, no, in Peru. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in Peru. Yeah, I'm not familiar. I don't know. I don't know it well. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so so that so it's kind of the energy that yes. that led yeah, you yeah. here versus yeah. those other two. Yeah, just the vibe, the people. Okay. Mm -hmm. And did you guys come right to Vilcabamba, or no, where did you start out? Not at all. So we were just exploring. Mm -hmm. Actually, so. We started, uh, we flew into Quito, took a bus down to Rio Bamba, mm -hmm. spent three weeks there, another bus to Cuenca. Just pure curiosity. Why did you, why did you spend three weeks in Rio Bamba? Because there were some cool volcanoes. Like, we okay, just, okay, like yeah, really yeah, like, yeah. like surrounded sense. by, yeah. Like, so yeah, so Rio Bamba to Cuenca and then down here and really mm -hmm. we found it. So I was on work away. Okay. And, um, what is that? It's like, so it's kind of like, a, what do they call it? Woofing? If you want a woofing? No. Okay. So it's pretty like much couch surfing or something, something like that. It's, so there's people, there's hosts yeah. who have projects, farms, hostels, ah, okay. and then there's people who are travelers who they can connect with these places and they can stay there for free. They get fed as long as they work like work. four hours. So we found one. It was actually it said do qigong in the southern Ecuadorian Andes. Nice, nice. And my girlfriend at the time was get was really into qigong. Yeah. I'm like, yo, we gotta go there. And it ended up being in Yangana. Uh huh. But actually, even when we first got there, like, so we stayed at, like, it's a whole story, but we stayed at this one Airbnb. It was moldy. Left yep. immediately to, I don't know if you know Mindy, but uh, up in Yasanga. Uh -huh. Amazing yes, Airbnb. Yes, oh, yes, my God. Yes, so I we do. stayed, we ended up, 
We went to the Qigong thing. It wasn't. Is that Steve? It was Steve. Yeah, yeah Steve, <laughs> Steve, Steve, Steve. Yeah, it's a whole crazy story. But it wasn't. It wasn't what we were hoping it to be. <laughs> yeah. So we went back to the uh, Mindy's mm. and we did like a little exchange mm -hmm. where we stayed in her amazing cabin, working for two weeks. Yeah, or two that, weeks. That's beautiful. Two months. Up there, yeah. Woo! Yeah, that's really beautiful. Oh my god. Um, two months there. Just to, sorry, let me just set no. that stage for folks. So let's do it. So we're we're in we're sitting here, and I don't know how well the camera's showing, sort of the background here with Mondongo, but we're in Moya Pamba, which is just a couple minutes out of town, up, which in this case is south of town. Right. Um, if you keep going and make a left, and then keep going up the mountain, you right get into there. Yasanga, which people like because. It's well, first of all, it's higher elevation. It's a little cooler. Some people like that. I actually prefer the heat, but it's a little cooler up there. Um, it's quiet. It's private, but people like it because it's a little closer to Podocarpus. And because right. of because of the way the wind flows here, you get that straight sort of national park air, mm. you know, right into Yasanga. And then you're looking because you're up high, you're kind of looking out right into the park, right. um, especially if you're on the, the east side. side. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's kind of the Asanga neighborhood where a lot of, there's a lot of foreigners up there. People kind of like that. There's enough. Yeah. yeah. But it seems like there's a, like a, a good balance there. Oh, sure. From, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's yeah. probably only what? 20% foreigners. Or, yeah. You know, yeah. Probably something like that. Throw it up right there. Something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, continue. Um, what was I? Oh yeah. So, okay. So we did all that I said, and then we actually went back to Philly. My father passed away, which was mm -hmm. a whole thing. So handled that. And then we came back. We weren't ex exactly sure what we wanted to do. But when we were in Cuenca, we met, there's this, um, this hostel. Oh, I'm forgetting the name because I'm only thinking it's Columbia. It doesn't matter. There's a hostel where we met um, this guy, Pepo. Mm -hmm. And he was an amazing person, family-owned hostel. And we were talking to him. And he told us about a place called where he grew up called Piñas. Penis, you know, yeah. Penis, mm -hmm. yeah. And he was just telling about it and we're like, yo, let's go check this out. And he's, he, there's like three cities. It's like Zaruma, Piñas, mm -hmm. and Portavalo. Okay. And so we actually went to Zaruma mm -hmm. and amazing town, like in um, El Oro province. Yep. Very interesting. But the problem, the, one of the moldiest places ever. So Zaruma is famous for mining. Mining, yes, so exactly. So it was a town that they've mined, not recently, but they used to mine all the time. And there's an ongoing saying, and I don't actually know if it's really a joke or not, okay. but that at some point, like the town's just going to collapse because basically under the whole town is old tunnels yeah, and mine yeah. shafts and things like that. Um, but it's very beautiful. It's one of those sort of like really um, preserved in time yes. sort of sort of towns. And then Pinas is interesting. Pinas is famous a bit in Ecuador for they say the women are very beautiful there. Oh, I don't, I don't I've actually never been through. to yeah, Pinas yeah. yet. But um, and that's on the road to the coast from here. Yes, so that's yes. about what okay. three hours from here. I don't know. More? We take it from Cuenca. Okay. So yeah. and I don't even remember to be honest. Okay. But yeah. yeah. Um. So in, we get to Zuruma, like yeah, amazing place, very interesting, like kind of a different vibe from a lot of the like little Ecuadorian towns mm. because of the mining. Like a lot of gold, unfortunately, was yeah. sucked up by Chinese and American companies. But enough of that wealth got to the people mm. where you can feel it's like there's more wealth in this place. With these, there's some amazing five-story houses in the side of the hill. Right. So you go in the top of the hill and then you go down the, through the house and you leave the house at the bottom. This is a really mm. interesting place. Like yeah. a lot of, It's very interesting. But like I said, super moldy. And my girlfriend is allergic to mold. No bueno. So we get there and she's like, can't stay here. We tell the Airbnb person. She's like, oh, I have a friend who has a place. We can go there. Go there. 
also super moldy. Uh, luckily, down the street from her, there was a hotel that was like new. So we ended up staying there. But the lady, Marta, who we met, the second lady, uh, we just started hitting off. And like I said, my girlfriend was like pretty much fluent at that point. So they were talking and I'm just trying to understand as much as po possibly can. But they, they hit it off. And Marta's an amazing woman. She actually lived in, a, was it Milan? For like 18 years as a nurse. So she kind of experienced life outside of Ecuador or whatever. So her and my girlfriend are talking. And my girlfriend tells her about the mold. And she goes, oh, there's a place called San Pedro de la Bendita. Yeah. And it's like people go there for healing. And yep, it's like, yep. it, was, it was voted the third best climate in South America. Yeah. And um, so we're like, oh, my God, we got to go there. And she's like, oh, actually, a friend of the other lady you just met has like a cousin who lives there. And they told me that they, they just got this farmhouse. <laughs> yeah. that they're, they're Whatever. So we're like, let's check it out. So we go there and we actually ended up living five minutes outside of San Pedro de la Bendita for eight months. So that's where we started you're, at. You're probably the only foreigner for in miles, that area at all. Four yeah. miles. And so that's, so that's probably an hour and 45 minutes from here yeah. outside Catamayo. Yep. Um, what people like about that climate is that it's, it's just dry and it's warm all the time. You know, yeah. it's, just, it's a perfect mix. Yeah. There's like, it's dry, but it's also good enough that you can plant like right. most things. Right. So I was like, right in that sweet spot. Yeah. And there's these like weird desert plants, like right next yeah. to like jungle kind of plants. It's yep. like, what's happening here? Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you were there for? We were there for eight months. Uh -huh. And that was a very interesting experience. Um, super difficult. Cause like I said, I didn't speak any Spanish at this point. <laughs> Not a foreigner for miles. My girlfriend is doing all of the talking to everybody. And like, we're just like, we have a little garden space where we're just like trying to make our own things. And for real, like, so to go back for years, I was like, you know, I wanna, you know, move to a country and learn to farm and live with the land yeah. and do all these things. And I was kind of just talking about it more than like actually like doing the work and doing the research. And I was, I kind of in my head made excuses. Like once I get there, once I get there, I'll, I'll do it. And then I got there and I still wasn't like as active as I wanted to do it. and. I realized looking back that like I still had a lot of depression that I had to work through. Mm -hmm. And this was a big experience where eight months, me and my girlfriend in the middle of nowhere, like we could just walk outside butt naked. Nobody would see it, which is I'm from Philly. Like, <laughs> that's the opposite of anything I've ever. So it's like yep. so much beauty just to like be with the earth. We had this like back down in the backyard, maybe like a mile back with this amazing uh, incline into this little river. Is that, sorry to interrupt, is that no. area where you were at, It it's sort of like, the the dirt and the rocks and the landscape is almost like an orange red brown like earth tones yeah it's yeah yeah they got that yeah sort of similar to like out southwest u.s a little bit or? oh it's its own vibe to yeah. be honest I, I that's it's probably comparable i've only been to southwest once on a road trip okay so i'm not really but like yes yeah yes. okay okay yeah 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 so interesting bro some of the plants there's something called a mellow cactus which is a cactus with like this big red eye I, like <laughs> it was just it was an insane place but um yeah a lot of growth um definitely difficulty just adjusting to a new life like i said me and my girlfriend struggled because we were just thrown into this new place where we had to adapt and figure out all of these things and um so we were there for eight months and actually what ended up happening was our neighbors um sprayed pesticides mm -hmm. and my girlfriend broke out into a rash mm -hmm. couldn't figure out what it was and finally like she put the pieces together of like oh like it's probably our neighbors that are very, very far away, the wind blowing. Mm. And like our cat was like yellow. And we're like, what the? 
So she put the pieces together and pretty much like, yo, we got to get out of here. So we were on emergency mo mode and um, one, like Leisha was looking for people to, to move into. And um, yeah, she, uh, so we're, um, we're going to be interviewing or not interviewing. We, well, we actually, we have interviewed Leisha on the channel, but we're going to go out to her place. I think it's the 14th Valentine's mm. day. <laughs> um, and do like a little, you know, a little promo kind of special and check out what, you know, her project and, and sort of present that a bit to, to on our channel. Um, so people will be able to see that, but to talk a little bit about, you know, that project and who she is and what attracted you and. All right. So, yeah, so she was pretty much working on a compost soil project and the gist of it is that the, our agriculture practices that we use worldwide is toxic to the land. So we pray, spray these pesticides and in the short term, we get these big looking, healthy looking fruits mm -hmm. that lack nutrients and anything useful for humans. Mm -hmm. And then in the long term, the earth and the soil just degrades itself or not itself degrades mm -hmm. so that life can't, it gets harder and harder to grow and you need more pesticides. And then eventually you can't grow anything. And this is happening all around the world. Rural farmers here is happening. So the idea is that there's these micronutrients, microbiology, these little, you know, microscopic beings that play a massive role in creating food, creating life. And we need these organisms because they're kind of the bridge between the plant and the soil. And without them, the, the, the plants aren't receiving the nutrition, so us by eating it extension. Mm -hmm. So uh, her program that she went, it teaches them how to look under microscope. And it's a, whole, it's a whole process, but it's pretty much, you can look at the dirt, look at it, and you can kind of, you can see, you can see, oh, this needs way more fungi. This is, has way too much bacteria. And those, like, I, that wasn't my aspect of it, the actual scientific yeah. microscope aspect. But um, you can see, and then there's different methods of creating compost that helps bring back life. Mm -hmm. And um, so that is the gist of quick gist, yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. Okay, and so she was looking for what, volunteers? Pretty much, for... yeah, she was looking for help mm -hmm. um, in any way she could. And like we said, we're from cities and we had this desire to learn how to work with the land. And so it was a perfect fit. We moved into her little casita and we didn't pay rent, instead we worked and it, like it was amazing mm -hmm. for for the time that it was amazing it was amazing and, that, and so um, that was i assume your intro to vocabamba that's about 15 minutes south of here south of vocabamba yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, pretty much. that's um, when we moved. like i had been here before okay like uh, i was in yangana yeah, oh i'm sorry months. i forgot you, yeah you i was, I was here for two months before yangana, i forgot yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but so like that was living back. here mm -hmm. like now i live here mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah okay and um yeah man that was a that was a great experience like i said learned so much um, a lot of healing work, like became a big part of, we came here was to heal. Mm -hmm. And then we got here and we just got like totally involved in like survival, like kind of the same energy or let's yeah, say me, right, yeah. kind of the same energy. That's easy to do. Yeah. So at leashes, I had space to kind of like actually spend time to work on myself or work through my traumas, which mm -hmm. is like a whole thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it was really like, it was a great experience. Um, you know, it worked out great. Unfortunately, we had to leave 
Um, there's just some things that didn't align and we kind of wanted to take our own journey. Sure. And um, so, yeah, so we're not there anymore, but I still have love for Alicia and the project is what she's doing is amazing. And um, I am just, I'm grateful for, you know, she pretty much opened her space for us to learn and take a step towards the life we want to live. So mm -hmm. it was, it was good, man. Good. Very cool. So you guys are now in Vilcabamba proper, so to speak. <laughs> uh, more or less. Yeah, we're at Amala. Yeah. So yep. still, like, we're on the top of the mountain, like, oh, side okay. of the mountain. So mm -hmm. it's still probably, if I were walk, it probably like 50 minutes. Mm -hmm. So we were, you know, seven minute drive. Sure. Long walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can't really walk to town quickly, but we're close enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah That's yeah. a nice balance between. Yeah, exactly. Know. And we're spending more time. That's another thing. Like, we were both, we both had part time jobs. So we we're working on part-time jobs and then working the land, whatever the project needed. And it was just like, go, 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 go. So now we have, we have more time for ourselves, to, mm -hmm. for each other. We're meeting more people. We're living more. So. Well, I hope your yeah. girlfriend makes some more hummus sometimes. So oh man. Yeah. Makes it's a famous hummus. Really good hummus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 When the time is right, yeah, the hummus will return. Um, okay. So, so I know you do some interesting stuff, um, kind of, you know, I I don't really know what it is. You were telling me a little bit a while back, but with, uh, you know, somebody I know who you respect a lot, um, does some, maybe some coaching kind of stuff. Do you want to talk about some yeah, of that? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Um, so yeah, plain and simple is actually, I just started my journey life coaching and I actually got my first client beginning of January. And so for a long time now, let's say six, seven years, I knew that at some point, especially moving to a different part of the world, I knew that I wanted to be a life coach. I knew that I believe with my experiences, I can help people. Mm -hmm. And that I think that's the perfect way for me to sustain myself financially while also having a healthy balance. So I knew this was a thing way in the future, but it was like, okay, let's walk the steps until we get there. Mm -hmm. And so pretty much when we ended up leaving the soil project, it opened space and I was kind of like, oh, like it's time. And even right, like a week before we ended up leaving or we had, yeah, pretty much. Um, I was getting signs from God, like first Patty, uh, he would move to Vietnam. Yep. So he's asking me all these questions because I lived in Asia mm -hmm. and I'm helping him out. And he's like, yo, you should be a life coach. <laughs> and I didn't tell him anything about my desires. Another person I'm talking to, you should be a great life coach. And then all of a sudden we leave and I have this space of like, Oh, it's time to be a life coach. So like I said, I was it's a little sooner than I was planning in my head, but at the same time, it was like a divine, the way I got my first client was very also divine on where a friend of mine who I hadn't talked to in like three years, hits me up on Christmas this year. Like, yo, Ian, we got to talk ASAP. And pretty much they're in a position where they want to like, their job is kind of strength. Like they have a good job. It's kind of strangling them and they're, they're trying to gain some more freedom in the job. And they were like, I need to, they, you know, they've been in a corporate structure for let's say 10, 12 years. Yep. Like I want to talk to one of my more open-minded, free thinking friends. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, Ian. <laughs> so, she, so they call me, we talk and they're explaining my, their situation. I'm explaining my situation. I'm just going to get the intuition of like, yo, like, do you want to be my first like practice coaching client? Like you don't have to pay. All I would really want is a testimonial. And she's mm -hmm. like, immediately, yes, let's do it. When can we start? And she's like, of course I'm going to pay you. Like this is service. Mm -hmm. So. I am now a life coach and yeah, things have opened up, like I said, in ways. Um, um, I, I got this, I got accepted to this program where it's pretty much this New York 
best New York Times bestseller author, mm -hmm. who's a coach, mm -hmm. started this program. He got a grant to give it to people for free. And my boss sent it to me and said, you must be certified, which I am not. But he was like, yeah, just try. So I write this essay, proofread it 12 times, <laughs> send it, they accept me. Nice. And then the woman who I would call my mentor, she was also like my therapist slash life coach. She's actually doing the program with me. And um, so now I'm in this program where I'm like learning pretty much like a foundation of one, I guess, thought paradigm of coaching. I'm in this, I'm doing another program that came to me like, it was like, here, it's time. And um, yeah, man, it's just, it's just been an amazing journey. It's a fascinating experience. And like, I always had the coach vibes. Like, you know, I've been in teams since I was four mm. and I've always been like the player, like pushing people, helping yeah, people yeah, out. Yeah. So I got the coach vibes. I literally coached basketball in Asia. So I already a coach. And now it's like taking that and putting it to someone's life. And just right now, it's just like, I'm just learning, mm -hmm. eating up all different perspectives, ideas, mm -hmm. and how do I want to bring it into help it really helping people. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. If, um, you know, if you were talking to someone back home who had never been to Vilcabamba, never been to Ecuador and they're at, and they want to know from your perspective, obviously, you know, they want to know, like, what is this place? Like, what is Vilcabamba? What's people okay. like? What's life like? Like, it's pros and cons. I mean, take it anywhere you want to yeah, take yeah, it. Yeah, but, yeah. like, what is this place all about? That is a good question. So, first, it's one of the most beautiful places, snuggled in the Andes Mountains. But it's really, like, a convergence of different energies, different thought patterns. You know, there's it's this small Ecuadorian village that foreigners have found and been attracted to and have moved and have had different experiences. So it's kind of like in this little town of 7,000 people, there's like so many different layers. There's so many different perspectives where there, you know, there might be some like rich Bitcoiner or there may be somebody who's like me looking to like live off the land or there might be a retiree who's looking for a simple life. But then there's also Ecuadorians who have been here for years and they have like a very strong culture of community and respect. Um, there's the people here are amazing. And that starts with the Ecuadorians. Like that's the vibe we got when we first got here. Just really amazing, kind people. It is a place where you can kind of, it's like a way more of a blank canvas than you know, Philly or any city that I've been to where, well, let's speak for me, is it create, creates the foundation and the opportunity for me to really live the life I want to live. Like, I totally orient my life around health. Um, I have, like, with who I want to spend time with, it's just more conscious and open. Um, it's more slow and easygoing. Like, if you, you have more time with yourself, you have more time with nature. And for me, it's been a place where I can connect with people um, on a, a deeper way, because it's just people who are more free, open-minded. Um, that's, for me, I love it, that's the positives, but you know, there's also negatives where there is this like clash of culture, where I guess a good example I use is when um, we first got here, my girlfriend was just like, she's folk Spanish, so she was curious talking to Ecuadorians. And so she talked to one guy who was, um, he's a plumber, he was fixing our toilet, and she asked, what do you think about Vilcabamba? Um, and he was like, oh, what do you think about the foreigners? And he was like, I love it. Before the foreigners came, Vilcabamba uh, was like Venezuela. 
super poor, couldn't make any money. Now the foreigners come, I'm a plumber, I can always uh, feed my family, there's always jobs, I'm happy. And then the same day she talked to a taxi driver who was like, the foreigners brought in a whole nother culture. Before we, um, before the foreigners came, there was like more of a community where like if someone wanted to build a house, we'd all come together. And now like it's, pretty much more money-based or even the Ecuadorians became more money and like the community aspect is is eroding. Mm -hmm. So there's like, there's that underlying energy as well, which I think for me, I wanted like, I think it's good to just be conscious of it because it's like, what type of energy are we bringing to this place? It's very easy to come here and to kind of just try to like live an American lifestyle and like Americanize this place. But there's a, a beauty that's like far deeper and like just the simplicity is like, how can we create a healthy balance? So kind of everyone's winning, um, which I think is being done in some extent, but it's also, it's like, it's kind of like the battle of life. Like yeah. I think there's a spiritual battle going on mm -hmm. where there's, there's this energy of, let's say service to self versus service yeah, to other. Yeah. And it's like, you can see it here where mm -hmm. it's like, you know, and, and, and like I said, there's more energy time for me to like, I really have time to see the person I'm with. It's just, it's easy to be more present because back in the States for me, I was working three jobs surviving. Right. So just like energetically, I feel more present. Um, it was, like I said, it was a great foundation for, for my healing and for me to kind of take a step towards the person I want to be. And, um, but it's also, like I said, it's just such a convergent. There's so many layers. There's so many different aspects. It's like, it's, it's crazy. You've touched on it a bit, um, but is there anything else you want to talk about in terms of, like, how would you describe Ecuadorian culture? Ecuadorian culture, good. I mean, the first thing I think of is just community. Um, you know, you'll see the family out drinking or eating together. It's very much for each other. You know, the sisters worried about the brothers, worried about the aunt, which is different from the culture that I th grew up in. Kind of Philly is like grind it, mm. you're on your own. Um, there's also much more land based um, here, even in the cities. They're like they're just more inclined to understand farming or they hike more so it's natural i would say is that the people just have a deeper connection with to what i see is important you know back in the states it's kind of like you want to get a lot of money and you want to have a nice car and keep up with the joneses and it's here it's like you want to make sure that you have your health and your strong connections and love and and it's, it's less way less entrepreneurial, um, way like not as much, what's the word, competition minded. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, just uh, there's so much. And like I said, the people are so just kind. It's just really nice people. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I feel like, yeah, that's my, but another aspect of it's very interesting is the culture shift so vastly where you go. Yeah. Like we're in the Andes, the coast in the Andes are like, yeah. it's like, New York versus Montana. Right, right. It's like we're both in, in Ecuador, but the coast is not. And, the, and then right. I, I have, I've been to the jungle in Peru, yep. but the jungle is a whole nother world. Yep. So it's very interesting where like, you know, the people in the coast are more like energetic and they talk, yeah, right. and they, brrr, they talk right. super fast. Yep. And then the people in the Andes are more reserved and yep. like quiet and chill. So there's like there's so many dynamics, man. We can drive to the Amazon in what, probably, you know, two hours. 
Like we can, the desert in Peru is like close. It's just, yeah. uh, it's convergence so much, man. Totally. It's crazy. What about, how do you feel, what are your thoughts and feelings on safety? At, you know, just living here and operating here. Right. So I feel super safe personally. Um, I think maybe partially that's be coming from Philly mm -hmm. where like highest murder rate many years, like there's just danger around here is this like, I feel so safe personally. Now I do know that, you know, all of these things are happening with the government and the gangs. One that's very far away and two that is affecting kind of Ecuador as a whole of less tourism. There's a lot of people who are li living in fear because of all of these issues. Um, like I said, for me, I haven't been personally affected at all in the slightest bit. Um, but that's also, I think I've grew up in a place where like life ain't safe. Like, like we've been, society's been given this guarantee of like, oh, follow the rules and you'll be safe. And I'm just like, no, like you can be pissing in a bush and get your ass beat by <laughs> right, police. Right. So for me, I'm like, this is probably the safe, well, this in Hong Kong is probably the safest place that I've ever been. Mm -hmm. Now I do know there's been more like break-ins and things happening, but at the same time, this, who knows what this is great to say. It seems that they're targeting like very, very wealthy people who live like kind of deep, up in the hills, mountains somewhere. And for me, I'm not that. Like, I, like if you break into my house, good luck. Like, there's, like, you know what I mean? There's, there's mm -hmm. nothing to get. I don't have anything to steal. Um, so I, <laughs> I don't, I don't feel worried or unsafe day to day. Like, oh my god. Obviously, as I'm getting older, I'm thinking about children. I'm like, you know, I am hoping and want to help the energy move towards being more safe because there are potential threats but it doesn't i haven't been affected where i'm mm -hmm. like oh no what's gonna happen my life is the same as it's been before all this madness has happened mm -hmm. um yeah if um if people are interested in your coaching do you have a website or somewhere you want to direct people to um i would say start with probably my instagram and my youtube okay so send um, us that link those yeah, links yeah. and we'll, we'll put it in the description um, is there anything that I haven't touched on that you'd like to talk about? Anything that I haven't touched on about? Not really. It comes to my mind. Nah. All right. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate the time. I thoroughly enjoyed chatting with cool. you. Oh yeah, that went. And uh, for the Hoopers, come down. Oh. Ian's gonna Ian's, yes, Ian's gonna yes, win yes. most of the time, ha! especially since I haven't been out there. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so yeah, I should, first of all, yes, if you hoop, come down here. We mm -hmm. need more hoopers. Yep. Um, but I, yeah, I should explain kind of my situation with the coaching thing a little bit more. Sure. Where, like I said, I wasn't planning on starting being a coach. It kind of just like came to me. And within the coaching, I want to also be like a content creator where make videos pretty much about helping people go from cities, Philly, wherever, mm -hmm. towards living a more rural relaxing like not relaxing just a rural land-based lifestyle mm -hmm. and i am not really at the point where i'm ready to like start churning out content mm -hmm. but i am moving in that direction and mm -hmm. i was like i've done podcasts which call for the homies which are just conversations with my friends mm -hmm. because i'm here yep. which has been very fun so yeah so subscribe to my youtube uh follow me on instagram it'll be below and be patient because I'm just starting. Like right now, I'm really focusing on my coaching business. Mm -hmm. But as I build that up, then I'm going to like be able to hopefully balance my coaching and my content creation uh, more. 
Awesome. So, yeah, that's what I got. Awesome. Well, thank you. Guys, if you made it this far, thank you for tuning in, for checking out the content. Um, please, again, subscribe to the channel, put a like on the video, hit the bell, and I will talk to you again soon. Have a great rest of your day. If you're interested in real estate properties, all of our property videos will now be uploaded on a different channel. Please click the link in the description down below.